Welcome back to Podcast 90 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers and follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by this season. For the best contests in all of sports, please visit www.thesn.com slash OB. Play for thousands of dollars with thousands of people across the land. If you can like to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium place, please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop, become a member. Pick any of our premium cappers to get their plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. I had a good weekend myself. Not great for betting. Five and five yesterday in the NFL, a little down in college. Uh, the teasers got to me uh, in the NFL, really did bad in the teasers. Uh, it was two teams that really got me. Well, three, actually, if you include Thursday, uh, Detroit, uh, New Orleans. I did a 10-point teaser and lost by a point with them in Cleveland's uh, just absolute crumble, uh, quarterback injury and more happened to me in the NFL, but my sides were great. Uh, So kind of a flip-flop here of what's been going on during the season. But, uh, you know, five and five, I'll take it. Uh, Not great, but not terrible either. And uh, big week coming up because it's college football championship week. The biggest games to decide who the conference champions are and ultimately to decide who the playoffs are for 2024 our last bit of playoffs you know so it's just so interesting because next year's just going to be so different you have just all the conference movement going on you have 12 teams in the playoffs and a lot of people are like well this was probably the most meaningful weekend of college football being that there's only four teams yeah i kind of disagree with that Uh, It's still going to be very meaningful in discussing who, you know, the bottom six playoff seeds are. And not only that, it gives more margin of error for bad calls or bad situations. You know, a lot of people like to see the glass is half empty here if you're against these college football playoffs. But me, I'm all for it. And I'm very excited for next year, minus obviously some of the bad things that have happened with some of the schools that I enjoy to watch that have kind of been forgotten about in uh, college football, like Oregon State and Washington State. And uh, we'll see what happens to some of the group of five schools coming in the future as well. I I predict that the uh, Big Ten and the Big 12, I'm sorry, the Big Ten and the SEC might even go rogue at some point. I, I don't know. There's just still a lot to digest here. But here we are. Uh, coming into bowl season, I love bowl season. I think uh, don't make any plays unless you look at your draft board to see who's going to be sitting out for some of these games. You know, don't expect Marvin Harrison Jr. to play. Don't expect many players from Colorado to play. Well, actually, Colorado's not making a bowl, so <laughs> never mind for that. Oops. Uh, but any big names and any teams that aren't in the college football 
playoffs. And I would actually be a little concerned too, you know, in the future here for college football playoffs. Maybe players start sitting out when it's more like 12 teams. I, I don't know. You never know what's going to happen coming in for 2024 and past, especially when agents get involved. So that's something to uh, be concerned about as well. Hopefully they'll tie some NIL money into college football to keep this sport uh, relevant and great in the postseason. As far as college football, you know, the big upset, no, not really. I mean, Ohio State lost to Michigan. It was McCord that threw that ugly interception. He should have just tried to throw it away. You had time left on the clock, and I also thought Michigan kind of screwed up there. If you if you look at it this way, Michigan runs the ball. Was it fourth and six or something like that? Fourth and four, and you know, I, I mean, you get a little more creative. You win that game by three. I cash my ticket, and everybody's happy. But it was, you know, somewhat of a bad beat for Ohio State betters because a Ohio State missed a field goal. Uh, in the beginning, which Ryan Day decided to play for a field goal again, like he did last year in the championship game, which was stupid. You had time left. You didn't have to run it down, try to play for a field goal. Uh, and number two, they were driving. Michigan left too much time on the clock for college football when the clock has stopped after each first down. It was over a minute left. I mean, McCord doesn't throw that pick. They could have scored a touchdown there to the greatest wide receiver in college football in Marvin Harrison Jr. I thought Michigan kind of blew it themselves, but kind of got lucky that they got to McCord and he threw the pick. Just just kind of floated one out there trying to get it farther than you know he could. And it was just a terrible advice throw. You know, just just throw it out of bounds. But either way, you know, that's what happened, and Michigan covered because of it. But either way, that was the big game over the weekend, and it was a great game to watch. But otherwise, no real upsets going on. You know, you still have Florida State sitting there undefeated. That can't be great for the committee. You know, you still have Washington undefeated and Oregon 11-1. Washington had a close one again, but still. Uh, that's going to be a, a mess for the committee when Oregon wins as nine and nine point five point favorites in this game. You have Texas blowing out Texas Tech. You know they're big favorites in their fourteen points by against my Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve Championship. Other situations, Alabama won a game they shouldn't have won against Auburn, and we'll get into that. Just an absolute craziness that happened at the end of that game. And then you still have uh, Michigan, who's undefeated. Big spread, minus 23.5 against Iowa. And Florida State, of course, as I mentioned earlier, that's undefeated. You have a lot of teams vying here. Georgia 12-0 against 11-1 Bama. Now, It'd be best for the committee if Georgia wins that game, but if Bama somehow wins that game, well, there's going to be uh, a lot of hell to pay here because uh, that means that it's going to be really hard to keep last year's championship champion out when they make the championship game and are at 12-1. and one. And how you keep Texas out after they beat Alabama, that's kind of what I'm rooting for, but we'll see what happens coming into next week. But in the NFL... Uh, like I said, it was kind of messy with some of those 
teaser legs. I thought Cleveland was the best teaser. I was considering teasing my way out of it with Denver, but the the uh, the Saints game and the Tampa Bay game, which Tampa Bay finally did cover their teaser, thanks to thanks to a different situation where the Colts got their first down. If they didn't, they would have kicked the field goal, and the teasers would have been dead. They covered their teaser, so there wasn't really a lot of time for me to jump in and uh, move Denver here just to try to guarantee a profit. My mistake was I had a little bit too much on the Cleveland side, and I couldn't foresee them fumbling the ball over the place. DTR getting punched in the mouth and knocked out of the game, and oh man, that was just a a rough beat and some just terrible decision-making by Coach Stefanski in that situation as well. But here we are. Uh, the teams that are kind of the biggest frauds in the NFL, like Steelers and the Broncos, win and move on. But you can see uh, by the spreads this week that, uh, you know, these teams really are frauds. You know, uh, Steelers are favorites against a very bad team um, in the Cardinals, and it's not even seven points, you know, at home. And then you have right now the Texans favored by three and a half against Denver. You know, you really think Denver is deserving if the market's saying that. That is something to uh, think about. Now, I do think that this spread will eventually get back down to four, uh, or sorry, back down to three at some point later this week, but we'll see. Maybe Texans money does hold strong coming in to NFL week 13. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. And starting with the good, the Badgers, baby. The Badgers beating Minnesota, taking the X, and uh, almost sending them out of a bowl game. Unfortunately, they had to pick a 5-7 and seven team to represent, being that they didn't have enough 6-6 six and six teams, and Minnesota got it because Colorado State lost to... Hawaii, they go by academic tests or standards after that. And Colorado State would have had it over Minnesota, but somehow Minnesota sneaks into a bowl game anyway. But hey, as a Badger fan, I love I loved it when they went up there and took the axe. The Badgers were one of my plays at minus one and a half. They won by 14, and it really wasn't that close. There's some poor calls that made that score a little bit uh rougher to get to for the Badgers this weekend. But hey, you know, I, a lot of people thought they gave up on the season, so it was really nice to see them get the axe back after a few years of losing it. Uh, going back to Thursday, the Cowboys and the Finns covering big. I mean, the whole trend was uh, big favorites cover on Thanksgiving. And the funny thing about that is uh, because the Lions were dogs in such situations, but now that the Lions flip, they are still a Thanksgiving disappointment because they lost outright to the Packers, the only team for the Thursday and Friday games as a big favorite to not win, but not only that, or to not cover, but not only that, they not win is what I'm trying to say. Really bad for the Detroit Lions there and just some stupid decisions by coach. Uh, Northwestern, holy cow. They're second in the Big Ten West to Iowa. You know, this team lost their coach at the last minute, and here they are in a bowl game, you know, beating teams like Wisconsin, beating Illinois, 
We're on Northwestern this week. I was happy to cash that ticket. I've been doing well on my Big Ten betting for the 2023 season as a whole. Uh, Next, man, San Jose State. This is also going to make the bad, but they went to UNLV and they beat UNLV, showing that they are the most deserving team to be in the Mountain West Championship. So I'm going to say that's part of the good. The Tennessee Titans covering their survivor. Man, I switched to the Titans. I was like, you know what? This one makes the most sense. And then I noticed that Circa posted and they used the Titans as their most common pick for week 13 part B or week 12 part B. And I was like, oh no, I'm on the same thing as everybody else. But the other one that everyone picked was the Patriots. So that worked out for me, for my survivor here coming in to uh, this week. The Steelers was a good finally outgaining somebody this year as you know they've been winning all those games by getting outgained and they finally outgained the Bengals the lowly Bengals with no quarterback and uh they ended up covering their spread easy uh for their situation as well as an away team so that's pretty much all of the good now for the bad Boston College at home with five wins against Miami Miami going up there with not a whole reason to put an effort in. And Boston College needs to make a bowl game. They just get blown out from the start. Miami just working them with Van Dyke back as quarterback, you know, kind of rejuvenated a little bit. But holy cow, is that bad. And then the next bad, I wrote four-team playoff system coming into this week. (laughs) They're sweating. And I can't wait to see all the carnage that happens after they pick their four teams and everybody goes nuts Uh, another bad ohio state's line value the missed field goal the the screw up at the end man you you take four it closes at three and there's just another kick in the ass for the ohio state betters including myself next bad illinois missing a bowl game that's bad for Bielema because he got a little cocky after last year, after that great year that Bielema had. Well, he lost a ton of talent to the NFL, and you can see the talent wasn't really replenished because they just did not have that good of a football season. And the Badgers are actually part of that reason for beating them in their game on a very close game itself. Next, Washington's close win. <laughs> Jeez, Washington. If you lose to Oregon you're probably going to be left out. You're going to be the one-loss team left out because you lost later. You lost in the in the conference championship game, and you're just going to be sitting there like, man, I we beat them once, we lose to them once, and you're not letting us in? I mean, if it was up to me, I'd probably let you in anyway just because we don't see Pac-12 teams. But it was also up to me. I'd go by power ratings, and a lot of people would be left off, including yourselves. Uh, another bad, Saints losing wide receivers, and... and just their outright loss, cars, pick six, everything that just happened in that Saints game, uh, injuries and just horrible situational play for this team. That was bad. Um, just missing the 10-point teaser for a lot of people that are taking 10-point teasers. I know some sharp people that got burned on that one. Another bad, the later game, Josh Allen. In his pick, when you're sitting there up three points, you let him score, you throw a pick in their enemy territory. I mean, or in your own territory, I should say. You're on your own 
what, 20-yard line, you throw a pick, just giving them three points. You gave them at least three, but they took seven. Oh, man, my Bills plus three and a half was under serious danger. But then they scored, and overtime happened, and I was really hoping the Bills would get the ball back because if once you know they get the ball first, then the Eagles, unless they get a big explosive play, will probably just win by three points, and that's exactly what happened. Josh Allen's just kind of like a guy that's really great and a guy that's really terrible all at the same time. Uh, the Raiders, man, they choke up 14 to nothing. As soon as they went up 14 to nothing, I was like, oh my God, my under is toast. 44.5, the thing closes at 43. And, uh, you know, because you just know the Chiefs are coming back because the Raiders, that's what they do. They choke when they start winning. And, yeah, the Chiefs took care of them, and all the momentum went to the Chiefs, and they decide not to guard Kelsey, and the Chiefs don't get a flag for the rest of the game. It's just I've watched this show many times, and they can't even cover their plus nine and a half that you might have took on them earlier in the week. Now for the ugly. Matt Campbell, or Dan Campbell. Matt Campbell's actually been doing better in college football. Dan Campbell. Fake punts down nine with plenty of time left to get back in this game in your own yard line on your own side of the field. You fake punt and the Packers go score a touchdown with the turnover momentum. What the heck were you thinking, man? You know, fake punts, you know what's going to happen when you need them. You do a fake punt when it's kind of like early in the game or you don't need it. That's when it works. You know, I mean, everyone expects it at this time. My God, Campbell, get it together. That's terrible. That's what all the Survivor people are saying. Um, Next was uh, the Lions losing everybody's Survivor. You know, I mean, imagine just saving something for one week because you have to. In the Circus Survivor, that is. You save it for that week. And you'll lose it that week. You know, it, it's been on your mind the whole time. You're, th- you're thinking Cowboys or, or or Lions. They're both at home. You're not thinking San Fran, even though maybe you should have been thinking San Fran or Miami because they are on the road, even though they're playing some frauds. But you lose like that. Man, that is just awful situation here. But to be honest with you, I probably would have took the Lions too. Because I, I feel like I don't trust the Cowboys. I don't know why. You've seen them lose to the Cardinals this year. I'm sure people lost Survivor that week too. You know, it's just it's just weird. It's, it's hard to trust the Cowboys, but hard, I guess hard to trust Jared Goff in, uh, in the Lions when they've habitually lost on Thanksgiving. It's just something weird that they can't do no matter who the coach is over there. Auburn. Oh, that was ugly. That choke was absolutely despicable. The guy drops the punt, and then you get all the way down to fourth down, and then Alabama pushes off in the end zone. It's replayed. I tweeted out, no pass interference. Alabama catches it for the win. You know, that, that's just how it is. The refs are not going to call pass interference on Alabama, even though it's blatant. I mean, you're better off just tackling the guy. But, geez, <laughs> I mean... That doesn't mean it's not going to happen the next play. You're not going to blow that. You're giving them 15 extra yards. 
It's just just the way they choked that game away. Everyone was pumped up in the crowd all the way up to a few seconds. And that's what happens. Oh, my God. But a lot led to it. Just dropping the kick, the punt. Bad teams choke, man. The Iowa-Nebraska under. The fact that that disgusting 24.5 total went under is just filthy. 13 to 10. But what's worse is Nebraska had that freaking game. They miss a field goal. And then with six minutes left, they just turn the ball over and give it to Iowa with 20 seconds left to kick their own field goal. Just massive choke job on the Cornhuskers there. And that's how it all happened. You know, that's how the under hit. And that's also how Iowa won that game and knocked Nebraska out of the playoffs. No tears shed for that since I was on Nebraska money line uh, and had a dang good number compared to what the market was kicking off later. But, you know, their, their play calling was also a problem with Matt Rule. He's got to get it together. Uh, another bet ugly, Fresno State. Holy cow, you're just choking in the end of the season here. I mean, not only did you blow it and miss uh, your chance last week to represent, but to, then you lose to San Diego State by double digits, by 15 freaking points. Unreal. Next, ugly. Man, and there's just a lot of ugly. Brian Dayballs uh, running the clock down, allowing the Pats to drain the clock to kick that field goal. I mean, there was over 30 seconds left. You, the, you know the Pats had to kick a field goal. Why would you not call a timeout? Because they had to kick a field goal anyway. You would have had 30 seconds or so to try to get your own. Thank God what the uglier thing happened was the Patriots missing the field goal and you winning that game. We had Giants plus three and a half, but I kind of thought that it was going to go Patriots by three in overtime. But, I mean, bad teams figure out how bad they are in in these situations. I mean, miss the field goal. It was a short field goal, too. And, man, things are looking that bad for Bill Belichick. Next was the Browns just fumbling the whole game away. They fumbled everywhere, and that was before DTR went out. And then P.J. Walker comes off the bench, and you could see it in his face. He's like, God damn it, I don't want to go in there and play. <laughs> and it's true because he didn't. He was terrible out there. But not only that, Stefanski calls this weird trick play. He's not even warmed up. And, and they fumble and give the game away and the ball away back to Denver. Just absolute incompetence on all levels from Stefanski. Um, I mean, injuries happen, and, and there was a targeting on DTR. He did go high against DTR. He went high. You can't go for a quarterback's head like that. I'm surprised there's no suspension, but it might be a big fine coming later on Denver. But, um, yeah, I mean, either way, man, you, you got to just get it together. But whenever you bet on a bad coach, it's always suspect here. Um, and then finally, SMU's quarterback, Preston Stone. You know, SMU rolling this year. They do did lose to TCU in Oklahoma, but went right through the American Athletic Conference. Now they're going to be playing the champion without their bad, big, bad quarterback. Here's the good news, though, for Preston Stone, um, or for actually SMU fans, I should say. Their backup's actually not bad, you know. 
not bad at all. I mean, his numbers here, Kevin Jennings, uh, he only had 24 attempts this year, but 18 for 24, 75% completion percentage, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He looks pretty dang competent right now. So I guess that's something to be excited about for your big title game against Tulane. Put your drawers on and take your gun off. All right, now it's time for a little college football. Week 13, misleading final scores and key injuries. Temple outgame Memphis, 465 to 440, yet lost 45 to 21. Equal turnovers, but horrible red zone and special teams hurt the Owls. Next is Nebraska outgained Iowa, 264 to 257, yet lost 10 to 13. A 3 to 1 turnover ratio and poor special teams shucked the corn. UTSA outgained Tulane. 375 to 352, yet lost 29 to 16. A 5 to 1 turnover ratio did in the Roadrunners. Uh, Middle Tennessee State outgained Sam Houston, 342 to 284, yet lost 23 to 20. A 3 to 0 turnover ratio did in the Blue Raiders. Ball State outgained Miami, Ohio, 365 to 216, yet lost 17 to 15. Equal turnovers at two, but bad red zone got the Cardinals. Louisville outgained Kentucky, 403 to 289 yet lost 38 to 31 a 3 to 1 turnover ratio did in these cardinals ohio state outgained michigan 378 to 338 at lost 30 to 24 a 2 to 0 turnover ratio did in the buckeyes and that was just all bad quarterback play right there uh, from uh kyle mccord next kansas or, or sorry rice outgained fau 465 to 279, yet only 124 to 21. It should have been a lot, should have been a bigger blowout. A one to zero turnover ratio and bad fourth down conversions hurt the Owls. And Kansas State outgained Iowa State 497 to 488 and lost 42 to 35. They won the turnover margin two to one, but horrible run D and a snowstorm killed the Cats. And man, that was a fun game to watch that night. You know, I mean, snow everywhere, field cold. They had to shovel it it, just to see the yard markers. That was just straight up Midwest football right there out in Kansas. Finally, key injuries. Um, There's only one real key injury right now, and that was Preston Stone, as I mentioned before. Broke his fibula. The news came out just a little bit ago. Feel terrible for the kid, but I feel optimistic still for SMU in this game against a Tulane team that lost a lot to the NFL and hasn't exactly been covering a hell of a lot of spreads this year. Now for college football, betting spots, there are none. I mean, it's championship week. We're pretty much going to be done with college football betting spots. If you want to get cute, you can think Michigan's in a letdown spot against Iowa, but that didn't work out last year. <laughs> you know, they they destroyed Iowa after their Ohio State wins. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any betting spots coming up. It's uh, conference uh, championship time, and then uh, we'll have the Army-Navy game, which I already made a play on for our premium subscribers coming up for the following weekend. NFL week 12 misleading final scores the Lions outgained the Packers 464 to 377 yet lost 29 to 22 a 3 to 0 turnover ratio killed the survivor pools the Cowboys only outgained the Commanders 431 to 376 yet won 45 to 10 a 1 to 0 turnover ratio just terrible red zone killed the commies horrible red zone Sam Howell ugh. 
The Patriots outgained the Giants 383-220 to yet lost 10-7. A 3-1 to turnover ratio and poor special teams killed the Pats. The Saints outgained the Falcons 444-396 to yet lost 24-15. to Equal turnovers but injuries to the wide receivers and eight sacks hurt the Saints. Their offensive line's bad. The Broncos only outgained the Browns 294-269 yet won 29-12. A 3-1 to turnover ratio injuries and poor coaching and QB play got the Brownies. Uh, the Bills outgained the Eagles 505 to 378, yet lost 37 to 34. They won the turnover battle two to one, but 11 penalties and poor special teams hurt the Bills. The Chiefs only outgained the Raiders 360 to 358, yet won 31 to 17. Equal turnovers, but bad and actually, I would say terrible, red zone efficiency killed the Raiders. I mean, they only scored those two touchdowns early on two kind of explosive plays. One was to Jacobs, and one was, I think, to Jacoby Myers. But they just couldn't get it done later when they got close to the red zone or the plus side of the field. Um, NFL Week 13, betting spots, letdown spots. The Falcons could be a little flat at the Jets after beating the Saints. It's possible. The the Broncos could be flat at the Texans after beating the Browns and all the teams they just beat. This could be a flat spot for them, and the Jaguars could let down some hosting the Bengals if they're not careful. Uh, Get-up spots. The Texans need to get up hosting the Broncos after that division loss to Jacksonville. I think they will. And the Commies fired Jack Del Rio and get a slight bump hosting the Dolphins and the Panthers. They just fired Frank Reich. They get a bump at the Buccaneers because of the coach firing. But now I tell you this, man. Owner David Tepper is rumored to cancel who Frank Reich wanted during the draft, which was C.J. Stroud, and instead get Bryce Young. Now, would C.J. Stroud be as good on the Panthers? Probably not. But he would still be better than what I think Bryce Young has shown. And now... You don't even have a first-round pick. You're going to be the worst team, and you give that away to the Bears. How embarrassing is that? But I think that's more on Tepper there for his draft pick. You know, and but here's the thing: Frank Reich handled it like a pro. Said you know he understands, um, he respects Tepper, and it was smart for him to do that because he wants to be hired again. You know, if any of the owners screw up, they don't want to feel like the coach is pointing it out, even though it's true. And anybody can see that's true. So he actually handled it very smart. I mean, I would have been an emotional wreck and probably said something stupid. But I got to give Frank Reich a lot of props for handling it that way. And uh, he'll probably land somewhere as an offensive coordinator or something in the NFL very shortly here before uh, the start of next season. So real interesting situation here. Um, I I think that anytime a coach is fired, you got to give the next team a bump. But... They're also playing a a Tampa Bay team that's a little bit desperate themselves after suffering here a few rough losses in a row. Next, the look-ahead spots. I would say the Broncos could look past the Texans to the Chargers if they're not careful. So you'd call the Broncos in a sandwich spot here um, at the Texans. And the Chiefs could look past the Packers to the Bills some. Uh, the Chiefs have always had crazy matchups against the Bills, and they've lost more games 
recently against the Bills than they've won. So I, I think this is a situation here where the Chiefs just might kind of be a little flat here looking ahead to the Bills. But we'll see what happens, obviously, and what the market spits out. Uh, money already came in on the Green Bay Packers at the seven, seven and a halfs in a few book books itself. All right, now for our college football championship week free play. And we're going to go to New Mexico State versus Liberty for the Conference USA Championship. I'm going to look at the total here. It's 54 and a half. I got to go to the under. And this game was played earlier in the season, only second game when Liberty won 33 to 17. So it went under 50. And Liberty's got a really good offense, but New Mexico State's really improved their defense. They only allowed 10 points to Auburn, and they allowed 17 points last week to Jacksonville State. You know, New Mexico State has kind of figured things out, and they've been one of the most improved teams throughout the year. Now, Liberty, also a very good team, and they do play at a pretty powerful pace. But, man, Jerry Kill the Clock, ranking 131st in pace himself, is something to look at very seriously. And that's exactly what he's going to do to try to slow this game down against Liberty. If you look at New Mexico State's defense, you know, they're only allowing about 21 points a game themselves, even after an awful start against teams like UMass. So uh, I, I think that they've improved a little bit. And they are actually just allowing 5.6 yards per play. Now, Liberty's defense is good themselves, allowing 5.3 yards per play. New Mexico State has had the harder schedule Liberty hasn't played any anybody with a pulse, you know. I, I suppose New Mexico State hasn't either. But, I mean, talking about Bowling Green in the beginning of the year, uh, Buffalo, Florida International, Sam Houston, Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee State, Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, Old Dominion. Of course, you're going to put up a bunch of points against these teams. But Jerry Kill the Clock is going to run the ball. In saying that, Liberty ranks fourth in percent of rushing plays called. 70.2% of their plays are rushing plays. Well, Jerry is 58.1, ranking 34th, so Liberty even runs the ball a little bit more. But I can see a slower-paced game if New Mexico State wants to stay in it. And both defenses are pretty sharp. Championship game, I like the under. It's at 54.5. Take it for 2.5 stars. Kill. I reckon you know a lot about cyberspace. You, you ever come across anything like time travel? All right. Now it's time for a little fantasy football week 13 with our guy, D Nasty. All right, Dave, we are back. A little fantasy football week 13, and I'm celebrating a Bears victory. Can you believe it here? Beating the Vikings? I know. I like it. I'm celebrating it as well because that helps the Packers' chances of the playoffs <laughs> after a big win on Thanksgiving this year. So, hey, I'm loving it as well. We did throw you a bone, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's nice because all my Vikings friends are talking shit to me this whole game. And, you know, it's like, uh, how are you guys talking shit? You might lose. And they get up by one. They go nuts. And uh, <laughs> now they're just the freaking crickets, man, signing off. <laughs> I love it when that happens. Like, come on, guys. Seriously? Troy's nice. (laughs) You know, Brooks and Troy and Boyer. Jesus. 
Well, it feels good. Uh, I mean, it sucks to hurt the draft pick, but um, you know, Fields he tried to give away the game, then he uh, <laughs> then he has had that nice pass to uh, DJ Moore, and so I'm pretty I'm pretty okay with that. And uh, no touchdowns this game, <laughs> pretty ugly for the Bears. Like one touchdown for the Vikings, yeah. missed field goal, but they certainly outgained the Vikings. And uh, do- yeah, Dobbs now fell back to Dobbs. That's what happens. He goes to a new team, looks awesome for about a week or two. And then it turns into crap. Well, the teams figure him out and they start to game plan for him then too. So I, you, I knew he'd come, actually eventually come back down the earth. I didn't think it'd be this week, but I knew he would eventually. No, you didn't because this is perfect that. timing too. He was your nasty sleeper last week, Dave, if I'm not if I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's okay that he came back down the earth this week. Yeah. Well, that burned you, buddy. Um Hopefully you didn't have to start him in a league. Uh, it's one of those situations where I think the Vikings D has gotten better, but the Bears D has gotten a lot better that people just haven't seen yet. It's kind of quiet, you know, in those situations. And, uh, you know, the fact that they're better, they're going to kind of be in a few games now. So they're going to make it interesting anyway um, from the time forward. But here we are, and it's Fantasy Football Week 13. And, Dave, I think the bye weeks are back, aren't they? Yes, with a vengeance. Uh, there's a ton of buys this week. We got six teams on buy this week, so definitely going to hurt quite a few people's starting lineups this week. Uh, we'll start off with a couple of the bigger teams this week. It's going to be the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson, definitely get him out of your lineup. Uh, they're, they're at committee with the running backs, so I don't think you're starting many of them, but if you have Gus Edwards or Keaton Mitchell, uh, definitely put them on your bench as well. Uh, Zay Flowers, who had a big game for me this week, uh, you have to get him on your bench. Uh, Odell Beckham, if you do possibly start him, get him on your bench as well. I'm sure a lot of people aren't, though, but Zay Flores is definitely a big loss for myself. Uh, quite a few of my leagues. Uh, the Bills, they have quite a few fantasy players that are going to hurt people as well. Uh, definitely Stefan Diggs, uh, Gabe Davis, uh, Josh Allen, of course, number one quarterback right now in the league. Uh, and then we got James Cook as well. So definitely, and, and Dalton Kincaid, too. So quite a few players on the bills that are going to hurt a lot of people this week. That, that was, that was a big loss. The same with the Ravens too. Uh, the bears, uh, I don't think you're starting many bears, but Justin Fields, possibly DJ Moore, uh, the running backs they're, they're, they're kind of splitting time. So I don't know if you're starting any of them right now, but Khalil Herbert, uh, or Dante Foreman, uh, Foreman didn't really do much tonight though. Roscoe Johnson actually looked pretty good tonight though, but, uh, Cole Comenta actually is a major tight end. who has been playing well this year. One of the leading tight ends in fantasy. So, uh, get him on your bench as well. Uh, the Raiders, Aiden O'Connell, actually, played very well this week. You're not starting him in any leagues, but if you were, he's definitely put him on your bench. Uh, Devontae Adams is a big one. Uh, he, he has underperformed the last couple weeks, but uh, you're definitely getting him on your bench. Jacoby Myers, who actually has looked good the last couple weeks. Uh, Josh Jacobs, that's a big loss for a lot of people. So him and Adams are the two big ones from the Raiders. Uh, the Vikings, who just lost, who just lost tonight, actually. Uh, hopefully you're not starting Joshua Dobbs, but he's he's one of the fantasy players you want to definitely get to your bench. TJ Hawkinson, that's a big one. Uh, he's one of the top tight ends this year. Definitely get him on your bench. Jordan Addison. Uh, and then he, that's about it on that. And then maybe uh, Alex uh, Alexander Madison, too. Uh, he's, he's He actually had a good game tonight. He's had two solid games in a row now. Uh, so get him, those guys all on your bench. Uh Jersey Juice for the Giants. Get him on your bench. You're probably not starting in many leagues, but Tommy DeVito, uh, get him on your bench. Saquon Barkley is a big one. Uh, tight end, they really don't have tight ends of note. Uh, Darren Waller is on IR, so are uh, you really not starting? I don't think Daniel Bellinger or anyone like that right now. Uh, D- Darius Slayton, who's actually had a couple of good weeks, 
and Jaleen Hyatt. Uh, those maybe are other guys you might want to get on your bench as well. But uh, overall, that Giants really don't have many impactful fantasy guys other than Saquon. Uh, but that's your rundown for the fantasy buys this week. Yeah, you had a lot of them, buddy. There is a lot out there. So, yeah, it's a brutal week for buys, especially in those smaller roster leagues where you're kind of like, oh, no, what should I do? Um, some serious names there, you know, so you'll, yes, you'll have to, you might have to use some scraps off the uh, waiver wire. Hopefully we can find you some. But as far as the key injuries, uh, they kind of came in clusters for a few teams like uh, – the, the Saints, you know, they already lost uh, Michael Thomas. Now Rashid Shahid goes out with a thigh injury and Chris Olave with a concussion. It's like, who are they going to be throwing to now? It's not looking good. Um, Dorian Thompson Robinson had a concussion himself, and then P.J. Walker had a uh, come in, unfortunately, and he was very unfortunate in that game. Um, Calvin Austin, he had an ankle injury. Not a big starter right there, but, you know, just in case you had to play him or have to play him this week, it's not looking good. And Amari Cooper went out with a rib injury and his day-to-day. I think there's some Thanksgiving ones I might have missed, Dave. What do you have? Uh, you covered most of them. Uh, like you said, and then there was a couple of key defensive ones, too, that were out there as well. Uh, Miles Garrett left with a arm injury. He left in a sling after the game. Uh, that's a major injury for IDP guys. Uh, and then we had Billy Zappi, who actually replaced Mac Jones at halftime. Uh, so keep an eye on that situation. Even though Mac Jones was not injured, uh, he's been pay- playing poorly the last couple weeks. So uh, definitely get him on your bench. Uh, Billy Zappi might be starting going forward. So keep an eye on that. That's something of note that you want to keep an eye on. Uh, and then Fletcher Cox, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox and Zach Cunningham for the Eagles are both ruled out of the game of uh, groin injury. Uh, and then possibly concussion for Zach Cunningham. So a couple other IDP guys. And then Demario Douglas, Douglas, who's actually come on lately, uh, he had a head injury or concussion possibly as well for the Patriots. Uh, so he came out too or a little early. Uh, he might be doubtful this, this week. That's his second concussion of the year too. So uh, he definitely, I would think, would probably miss this week. And he was actually the primary receiver and coming on lately too. So uh, get him on your Oh, for sure. Well, that's that makes sense. Let's move on to waiver wire then, Dave. Who are we picking up? All right, great. Uh, once again, I'm going to talk about quarterbacks for the the big buys this week. Baker Mayfield, actually, I'm going to bring him up again. Uh, Twenty completions, thirty pass attempts this past week, 199 yards and two touchdowns and one interception. Fourth time in the last five weeks, Mayfield has thrown two touchdowns. So uh, I definitely think he's a viable starter now. If if he's not Starting this week with all the buys, uh, he's a guy you can plug in and kind of help you out this week. Uh, Jordan Love, uh, he's had a couple good weeks now. He's under 50% owned still, but uh, he is going to be a starter going forward for most people. Uh, If he is out there, if he's on your bench, definitely plug him in this week. Uh, He's actually had last three games, he's averaging 293 passing yards over that stretch. Uh, And week 13, uh, it's a tough matchup against Kansas City, but after that, uh, he does have some favorable matchups against the Giants, Buccaneers, Panthers, and Vikings. So he could be a fantasy winner in the playoffs for you as well. So definitely keep that in mind when you're sending your lineups uh, this week uh, with players on by. Uh, there's a, Chubba Hubbard actually had one of his better games this week as well. Uh, I think he's definitely took over for Miles Sanders now as the starter for sure. Uh, he had 14 carries 
five yards rushing and a touchdown and then five receptions on five targets for 47 receiving yards. So definitely start him going forward. Uh, Ty Chandler, actually the speculative pickup. Alexander Madison has played well the last couple of weeks, but uh, we mentioned him a little bit last week, so I'm not going to go into him too much uh, right now as well. Wide receiver Josh Downs. Uh, he didn't make a big impact in the box score, but he had caught five of 13 targets. He had 13 targets this past week, which is huge. Uh, he didn't convert on a lot of those, but uh, definitely if he's out there on waivers, I think he, he's a borderline starter right now. Uh, definitely pick him up. Uh, two guys that aren't uh, widely owned right now, Jaden Reed for the Packers, who I talked about last week. He picked right up where he left off in the Thanksgiving D game. It looked really good. Uh, he had four, four of eight targets he caught for 34 yards and a touchdown and two carries for 16 yards. Uh, so definitely uh, he's a guy they're finding and making plays for now. Uh, so definitely he's going to get the ball going forward. A.T. Perry for the Saints uh, with Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid uh, out this next week possibly. A.T. Perry is going to be a guy you want to take a look at. He only had a couple targets this past week, but I expect for him to be in the starting lineup this week if one of those guys is out. Uh, and he could come up huge for you this week as well. Uh, another guy that's coming on lately is actually Jamison Williams. So uh, he's at New Orleans who hasn't played very well lately. Uh, definitely pick him up and plug him in this week for people on by. Uh, some the tight end people might have forgotten about because he was injured for quite a few weeks in I, uh, IR. Who He is back now, though. He had a huge week. He caught 9 of 11 targets for 120 yards. Uh, yes, that is Pat Freemuth for the Steelers. And Isaiah Likely, too. Uh, he's on by this week. But definitely, uh, if no one scooped him up last week, he's a guy you can take a look at as well. Oh, for sure. I love Pat Fryermuth uh, from last week. He was really good, man. Um, so you have a total agreement from me. Uh, before I get to mine, uh, Chaka has a question. Hey, guys, would you trade Thielen, Achin, and Javante Williams for Chase and Jacobs? Jamar Chase, I'm guessing. Um, three wide receiver, PPR, current wide receivers aren't great. Other running backs are Kamara, Brees Hall, and Kyron Williams, ooh, Kyron Williams and Kamara are fantastic. And so you're giving up Achin. Here's the thing. I don't think Thielen's going to necessarily be balling out there. They just fired their coach. He's their only guy, but, I mean, if I'm him, I, I, I'm faking injury at the end here. They're not going to be one of... Well, they did lose their draft pick, so I guess they're still going to win. But, I mean, they get a higher second-round draft pick. I don't know. Um, it, it's just I, I think Chase is still better than uh, Thielen. I think Achin is – you can't start Achin and Javante, you know, really, uh, if you already have all those good running backs. So um, you're getting Jacobs is just better than both of them combined just because you can't, you have to start one or the other. So I, I would do it, Dave. I would, in a heartbeat, yeah. Getting Chase and Jacobs. Jacob is still a top 10 back. Chase is still a top 10 receiver, even with Browning throwing to him. Uh, he, he had to miss a couple throws this past. He could have had big gains on, and he, and he even missed a touchdown catch too. So definitely, uh, I'm definitely taking Chase and Jacobs on that day. Whoever gets get that side of the deal is definitely the winner. Uh, Ashawn and Thielen – He's going to underperform. He does not have a good quarterback there, and Bryce Young, and that team is, is not good in, as a whole. And Jacobs is way better than Sean or Javante Williams, in my 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 opinion. And plus, uh, I think the Raiders' offense has been coming on lately under Pierce now, too. They, they've actually put up quite a few yards. I know Connell's looking better, and, and they have quite a few weapons. 
weapons there still too. So uh, I like I like that that draft that trade for him is a lot actually. So I would jump on the chase and Jacob Steele in a heartbeat. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, here's the thing. Achin's probably going to have a monster game or two. Just not trustable when you have Mostert there. And now a, a healthy Jeff Wilson, a um, couple other guys. Yeah, it's just I, I would make that trade 100%, for sure. Dude. 100% make that trade. Okay. Yeah. Good question. And he's not even going to be the bell call there. When Jacobs is going to be the bell call and get all the carries. No one else. Uh, this past week, only one other running back got a carry. And it was LaShawn. Uh, you, like you said, Mostert's going to get Achin, carries. Yeah. Wilson's going to get carries. LaShawn, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's odd. So. Some people say Achen. Some people say Achen. I think it's Achen. So it's uh, it's hard to pronounce his name. Either way, he's not going to get as many carries as Jacobs does. So right. Jacobs is going to be the, the winner in that deal. So I agree with everything you said. At Perry for sure. Khalif Raymond had five receptions, even if you're desperate. Royce Freeman, you're right, Dave. Uh, I didn't even see Kyron Williams coming back this week, and he had a massive game last week. Kyron freaking yeah, Williams was awesome. So keep starting him, dude. But um, uh, I think Royce Freeman is the second guy there. Tyre Higby is available in over fifty percent of leagues. He had two touchdowns, so he kind of uh, he was he was, first. They were tweeted that chef uh, was a Schefter or uh, it might have been Rappaport tweeted that he was out, and then an hour later he's like, "No, I was wrong. He's been and scores two touchdowns." Imagine taking him out, not seeing that tweet, and having him to score two touchdowns. That was like, brutal. Um. P.J. Walker, maybe. I think Joe Flacco is going to be the one to start in Cleveland, and what a bad situation <laughs> is that. They, they said Joe Flacco will start this week, actually, over yeah, P.J. Walker. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yep. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just think that, man, it, it's it, – it's I wouldn't want to start any of those Cleveland guys right now. It's just – Joe Flacco's horrible, so I'd, I'd start Jordan Love in a, in a heartbeat yeah. over him. He's better than P.J. Walker, though. Don't get me wrong. But I will, yeah, I will I give you. A, I'll give you a speculative pickup. Ty, Tyquan Thornton is finally getting healthy for the Patriots, and it, they don't have much over there. Devonte Parker, maybe, but I think they're, they're just going to want to see what they have in him this year. Uh, they're out of the playoffs and everything, so I can see Tyquan Thart, Thornton getting some starts, you know, and see if he's he's worth picking up their uh, next option on him, you know. And I, I could see as a speculative, nothing major if you have some room so um that's what i have dave so a lot of agreement for me to what you said uh non-starters trending up for week 13 um so before we get into that we have another question here uh reborn jungle not 173 my friend offered me digs for aman ra thoughts digs by week isn't the end of the world as i'm fairly certain to make the playoffs <sighs> I, I would rather take him on Ross St. Brown, man. Uh, St. Brown has just been nasty good for the Lions, and the Lions are going to be throwing a ton. Diggs is in a worse stadium. He's where it snows in Buffalo while the Lions play in a dome. You can always trust Amon Ra to not play in the wind and get all those catches with uh, perfect conditions. Right, Dave? One caveat. I do agree with you. I like Amon St. Brown better, but... Uh, Stefan Diggs is the number one guy though, still for Buffalo, but they do have Gabe Davis there though too. He's actually been coming on and had some big games this year too. So he does take a lot of those uh, targets and catches away from Stefan Diggs. So that's the only reason I would lean around on St. Brown. And the other caveat that I have to put into this, if healthy, uh, Monron St. Brown in the past has had a lot of injuries uh, where Stefan Diggs has not. So that's the one thing you can't really predict that, but 
uh, if healthy, I think Aramon St. Brown is still the guy I would choose in that deal. Unf- now, here's a, in great points, and the Buffalo is going to be behind a ton with that battered up defense. So, man, it's not like it's far away, right? What I will say is that in the beginning of the season, I would take Diggs, but now I would keep Amon Ra. I mean, that's – I don't see what the real point of that is, kind of apples for apples trade. You know, it's kind of there, – there, it's not like you need a running back. It's just – yeah. Well, Stephon Diggs has bigger names now still. He's the more recognized receiver, but – I think Amon Ross St. Brown is is the more of a go-to guy because there's really no one else there that's going to get the targets and the catches. So they don't really have another, another true number two for the Lions. So yes, better schedule team. too because he plays in a dome yeah. against Minnesota. That's going to happen again. Exactly. And then he um, – and then uh, – I would say the Miami's defense, the Jets' defense is still very good, and you know they're going to put Sauce Gardner on digs and all that. So it's it's not it's not a big distance, but I would keep on I'm on Ross. So that's that's our thoughts. Thanks for the, thanks for the awesome question, though, dude. Really uh, really appreciate it, man. Um, Nine stars training up for Week 13. Tyler Algier versus the Jets. The Jets have been shedding a little bit more yards against the run game lately, and. Uh, teams are running against them because they're winning by seven, ten points. You know, it's kind of like garbage times. You know, it's like uh, I think Algier is going to do pretty good this week. George Pickens versus the Cardinals would be nice. I think he's a starter for sure. The Cardinals uh, secondary is awful. Uh, running back Ty Chandler versus the Raiders should be okay. He he got some play tonight. It was a lot of Madison, but Chandler got some play. He wasn't. He had a bad game really, but but the whole Vikings had a bad game. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson versus the Chargers is the only guy uh, from New England that I would trust in the fact that he's playing the Chargers. I kind of like that. I think he's going to get his yards against the Chargers. Uh, but Jesus, man, New England, this is just in shambles. Uh, Baker Mayfield versus the Panthers. Loving that one, too, Dave. You mentioned picking him up if he's there. Uh, running back Rashad White versus the Panthers, I like, too. Uh, wide receiver Adam Thielen versus the Buccaneers is okay, too. You know, I think Thielen this week, man, will do pretty good. Not necessarily as good as some of your guys, but um, wide receiver Nico Collins. I'm going to say the whole Houston Texans really against Denver. I think Denver's still fraudulent. They're winning off turnovers. Um, I th- I just think the Texans... I'm in a row, though, man. I, I, must, I, I know we both dissed Denver last week, but... Uh, I don't know. I'm starting to believe a little bit in Denver now. Uh, they're they're just they're finding ways to win. Sean Payne is trying to put his stamp on the team now a little bit, and they they found ways to win with the Saints too. So I don't know. I'm I'm starting to be, become a little bit of a believer, but I still am hesitant on the Broncos though still too. At the I same think time. The, I think this is the perfect time to play the Texans, um, and uh, and and especially after that loss to Jacksonville, I think they're going to play catch up. Dal- I even like Dalton Schultz because Denver gives up a ton of yards to tight ends. Uh, Devin Singletary. He, he's kind of the man. Damian Pierce really is really falling off lately, and uh, I, I'm just saying Devin Singletary is the starter now. I think you got to start him for sure. If I agree. You, if you have they both were healthy this weekend, and Singletary still got majority of the carries actually this week. And then and he played. Uh, I think they were saying he played like seventy to eighty percent of the snaps. Pierce, Pierce is kind of being faded out a little bit there. Yeah, I just looked right before we got on. I looked at Fierce's numbers for the season, and it was really bad, man. And I know he was injured, but still, even the ones he played, he barely got into double digits a few games. Tight end Evan Ingram versus the Bengals is nice, too, because the Bengals give up a lot of yards to tight ends. And the Bengals are in shambles now. They're kind of, I could see them giving up on the season because they had just had two great seasons. There's probably going to throw them in the towel now. There's no way that Burrow 
He's coming back, so that's sad. Uh, wide receiver Brandon Ayuk versus the Eagles is good. The Eagles secondary has been banged up, and believe it or not, those Eagles defenses are not what they were. Dave, why don't you get into your trending up? Yeah, I had a lot of those same ones that you did. I, I do like the Jaguars. I, I like Evan Ingram. I like Christian Kirk, actually, as well against Bengals. So those are the two I like there. Uh, I like McCarnell Harmon against the Packers. Packers defense has uh, looked good the last couple of weeks, but I think their secondary is still suspect a little bit, uh, especially against the Chiefs this week. That's a tough matchup. I like Ayuk and Debo Samuel both this week against the Eagles. Uh, I do like uh, Cooper Cup to rebound this week. Uh, he's kind of been underperforming the last three weeks. So I think him and Nuka kind of step it up this week uh, and have a good game this week. Uh, I do like, uh, like you said, too, I like Rashad White and Baker Mayfield against that poor Panthers defense. Uh, I like Chaba Hubbard against the the Buccaneers still, too. But uh, it'll be a little tough slant because they have a pretty good run D. But I still like Chaba Hubbard. He's been playing well lately. Uh, Big fan of the Texans now. Uh, CJ Stroud there. Uh, I like Nico Collins. I like... I uh, think Dell too this week against them. Uh, CJ Stroud too. I, li- I like, like you said, the whole Texans D, or the, I'm sorry, the whole Texans offense. Uh, a big Texans fan now, the, the young upcoming team. I like them and how they're coached. Uh, DeMarco Ryan's doing a great job there. Uh, I do like the Dolphins this week. Uh, I like, uh, I, I'm going to butcher the name again, the Sean. Uh, I like him this week. Sean. I like him again this week against the Commanders. Uh, I do like Jaleen Waddell, too. Uh, he's actually hasn't done much the last couple of weeks, but he could have a big game against the Commanders who give up a lot of points and just fire their defensive coordinator as well. So keep that in mind, too. Uh, so I like that matchup for them. Uh, uh, Steelers, I do like Deontay Johnson this week. He's borderline starter anyways, but uh, I, I like him against that poor Cardinals. Diva. And Jaleen Warren, who's actually been coming on these last couple of weeks. I think he's trending up right now as well. Uh, I like that matchup. Uh, I do like... Quinn Johnson this week is a deep sleeper against the Patriots. Uh, I think he has a big game after uh, kind of underperforming the last couple of weeks too as well. So, And I do like Brandon Cooks this week too against that poor, poor Seahawks D who's actually, they're kind of like on the downward spiral right now as well. And that Cowboys D is just relentless. So uh, we'll get into that in a minute here on our trending down. All right, we'll get into bust then, my man. Why don't you start? All right. Well, I'm going to start off with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the Dallas defense is just insane. Deron Bland, uh, five TDs. He's got more TDs than most receivers in the league right now. I think he'd be 14th in the league in receiving touchdowns if he was a receiver. So uh, definitely downgrading the Seahawks. Uh, whoever's starting at running back, depending on if Kenny Walker does come back or not this week. I don't like Geno Smith against that Cowboys pass rush, especially if they sign Shaq Leonard as well. It's just going to be ridiculous. I uh, do not like that matchup there. Uh, I don't like the Falcons against the Jets. I don't like. I, I know you said Ty Algier. I don't like him this week. Babajan is getting more of the carries now too. So uh, I don't like Ty, Ty Algier. Uh, I'm actually downgrading Desmond Ryder too against the Jets. <clears throat> he struggled again this past week with turnovers. So definitely downgrading him. I think Colin Murray struggles a little bit this week against the Steelers and Marquise Brown as well. Uh, Steelers D is tough and they're legit this year. Uh, definitely a tough matchup for them. Uh, I don't like the Broncos this week against the Texans. Texans actually have an underrated defense, I think. They do give up some points, though, here and there. Uh, but I think the Broncos finally do struggle this week. I think Russell Wilson struggles a little bit. Same with Cortland Sutton and Javante Williams. Uh, so downgrading them. Uh, I, and then I'm also downgrading the Eagles. I don't like the Eagles against that tough San Francisco D. I think they struggle this week against them. 
Uh, so I'm downloading Jalen Hurts a little bit. You're still starting him, but I'm just downgrading him a little bit. Uh, I don't like the running backs. I don't like Swift or Gainwell against that tough Frisco D as well. I hate to say it, but I'm going to downgrade the Packers as well. Jordan Love, I think, struggles against that tough Chiefs D. The Chiefs D, I think, is one of the top 10 defenses right now. Uh, and they're, but they're playing at Lambeau, but I still don't like this matchup for the Packers, uh, so I'm definitely downgrading them as well. I disagree with the Steelers. They're number 22nd in uh, yards allowed to running backs and 24th in pass yards. I think that uh, Steelers are still a little fraudulent and probably even more fraudulent than Denver. And I think Arizona, you know, they're embarrassed last week. I don't want to fade embarrassed teams too much. But that's but otherwise, I agree with most of those. And I have some of those, Dave. I have um, quite a few of those. They still have T.J. Watt there, and their pass rush is still a good pass rush. Even though they're thin at linebacker right now, that's why they've been struggling a little bit on D. They still they only still give up ten points this past week. Yeah, I know they played a Bengals team without a quarterback. So, <laughs> I mean, that's the problem with Jamar Chase. But I still think that Browning will do better, and and then Chase will still be the main I think guy he will there. Be too. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather have Browning to Chase than than um, uh, what's his face Bryce Young to Thielen. All right, so DeAndre Swift versus the 49ers is pretty suspect this week, and. Swift has been awesome last, but man, against the Niners, ugh. And no. might, as well, might as well throw the Eagles defense against the Niners. And what sucks for me is I had the Eagles defense in a in a league, and they've just been playing some tough matchups: the Bills and the Cowboys, and now they got the Niners. You still got to hold them for the end of the season because I think they get those like Giants type teams, you know, later again, which is what you're really going to want for the playoffs. So you got to hold on to them as much as possible, but. Uh, it's, that's a they're a bad start this week. Joe Mixon versus the Jaguars is bad too because he's going to be in give up mode soon. Alvin Kamara versus Detroit's a little suspect. Detroit's run D has been better. Uh, Zach Charbonnet against Dallas is bad. So I agree with your Geno Smith, and I also think that Zach Charbonnet won't be good. And Walker's been banged up anyway, so I didn't even mention him. But if he's comes back, I won't like him either. Yeah, I don't think either running back, whoever starting, I don't think they're, they're both going to struggle, I think, either way against the tough Dallas D. As good as Kyron Williams was against Arizona's D, I don't like him against Cleveland's D this weekend. Um, now, I know that Miles Garrett might not play, and I guess his arm was messed up last game, but I still think you know he's the pass rusher, and Cleveland will still stop the run. So um, Kyron Williams, I don't like as much. A.J. Dillon versus the Chiefs isn't good. I don't know if Aaron Jones is back, Dave, but, um, you know, A.J. Dillon is not going to get a lot of yards versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs have been a lot better lately. And Jordan Love and sucks because Jordan Love had a great game, and now they got to play the Chiefs D. And Chiefs is more of, the, more of a top 5 D, actually, Dave, than a top 10 D, in my opinion, right now. Um, no, I, I wouldn't argue with that at all. I think the Chiefs D is definitely one of the top Ds right now. Right. You might as well throw Christian Watson in there, too. It's just tough for the whole Packers team. That brings us to our nasty sleeper, Dave. I'm curious who you have this week. Hopefully, it's not Josh Dobbs. Well, he's he's going to buy anyway. <laughs> See, you can't fade the Bears this week. That's why. That's why I, I, I'm so curious. I can't. So I'm actually going with the next worst team in the league. I'm going with Baker Mayfield. Uh, I just talked about him in my pickups for the week. Uh, Baker Mayfield's been solid this year, and I think he's got a great matchup this week against the Carolina Panthers. So I'm going with Baker Mayfield as my D nasty sleeper of the week. I'm going to go with Jalen Warren versus the Cardinals. Um, I think he gets a ton of carries versus the Cardinals, especially if they're blowing him out. Najee can be a little bit rested here. You know, I think the Steelers need that game where they're just going to put the pounding on someone, and the Cardinals are, you know, possibly a candidate. I still think the Cardinals get their points, but um, I think Jalen Warren can have a really good game against the Cardinals. So he's my nasty sleeper, Dave. I like it. 
All right. What have we missed? Anything? I don't think so. I think I'll just make sure you get all those buy players out. There's a lot of buys this week, a lot of key players out this week. Uh, make that final run for the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. And a lot of times you want to hit the ads button just to see how many people are adding who because you're getting a consensus there. Now, um, some people have earlier waivers than others, so it's more beneficial if your waivers are later. But you can kind of see who's popping this week a little bit too, not just from our uh, show, but you can kind of see what the consensus is in a lot of these situations. But thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you have any questions, email us at theoddsbreakers, info at theoddsbreakers, and tweet us at theoddsbreakers. Uh, have a great rest of your week, my friends, and go get some winners. <laughs>